Welcome back for another Assault on Your Ears from Lower Dorks, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast. As another season draws to a close, we gather once more to reminisce about the highs and the lows. With that in mind, tell me, Stavros, what's greasing our gears tonight? Uh, well, we are going to revisit our favorite drink. For me, and I think maybe you as well, it's the old smoky mango habanero whiskey over ice. It is a fantastic beverage, I am not going to lie. Uh, definitely one of my favorite whiskeys. Something about that, that mango habanero flavor is just phenomenal. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of addicting. I had to actually purchase another bottle for this recording because after we had had the drink for our episode recording, it was one of the early episodes too. I just kept on having it, and then now I had to buy another bottle, and it's it's quite good. My my, aren't you quite the burgeoning lush? <laughs> Indeed. But anyway, should we talk about some of the things that we noted in season two? Yeah, let's uh, get on with this review. First thing I want to talk about, it's actually very obvious if you've seen season one, the difference in production value in season two. People on the internet, on Reddit and so forth, notice this as well. I mean, we've got new shifts, we've got better animation on the characters, we've got more special effects scenes, uh, we've got more details on the characters and in the environments and so on. I mean, it's obvious the amount of production value that the show has in season two versus season one, and it's quite good. Yeah, indeed. Uh, the visuals on space and the ships looks amazing it feels to me like the animation has also been taken up a notch there seems to be a lot more detail in it just overall really really well done well let me just sneak in like in the last couple episodes of the season in um, wage Dujan first contact there's a lot of like space-based effect scenes so there you know if you recall in wage douge the packlet and klingon ship opening up on the cerritos and in first contact the cerritos just going through these you know space debris just so much going on and i don't think we would have seen that in season one at all this is all new monies getting pumped into the show that was the big thing at the end of season one was the uh, battle between the the titan and the packlet was yeah. a you know big production right. showy bit and we've had multiple of that kind of quality scene in this season. Yeah, totally. With all that extra work that was done and how much nicer everything looks, one thing really stood out to me uh, is in the uh, episode I Excretus, they get thermal blankets after being left out in space. Right. And they have a static pattern. It doesn't move with the blanket. It's just flat. Right. And it is so noticeable. I just, I can't <laughs> help but see it. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> Oh man, that is a that is quite yeah. I, I noticed that as well. At first, I'm like, is are the blankets shimmering? But no, it's kind of a, a like a pattern that definitely does not change. Kind of weird, but it's definitely offset by other stuff in the season. And then you know, sometimes there's a little too much detail. The uh, armor on the uh, Polonians, uh, the men's mm. armor all has nipples, <laughs> and I, I don't know why. Feels I did not like a that. little too much. Yeah, interesting. Too much detail in that case, maybe. Taking their visual cues from Batman, apparently. Uh, a little too much uh, Batman Forever in there, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk favorite character. In our season one recap, our very first episode, your favorite character was Ransom, and I had to stick with Rutherford. And I've got to ask, has your favorite character changed? Because, you know, I still love Rutherford. He's the best. But, you know, Boimler, Boimler has a lot of character improvements, too. And I kind of have to say that he's becoming... One of my favorites on the show, if, if not the favorite. So has yours changed at all from Ransom? Uh, Stevens. Stevens <laughs> is now the best character. The best character. Uh, I want a <laughs> spinoff uh, sitcom for uh, Stevens. 
Oh God, why? Is it, he just sucks up to Ransom and spots no. him? But... Steven's just, he's terrible. He's amazing. <laughs> you, you can't help but love the cringe. <laughs> There's that shot where he hits on someone in the bar and he like hurts his hip <gasps> or something, but he's like obviously <laughs> yeah. in his like early 40s. It's <laughs> just terrible. Oh, it's just, just horrible uh, when Ransom is turning people into Ransomites. Yes. Stevens is all like, do me! <laughs> you know, oh. I, I gotta say, you know, your favorite being Stevens and being connected to Ransom, it does seem poetic in some way. I feel like there's a theme to your favorite characters, so just putting that out there. <laughs> Ransom, though, he really does bring it this season. Uh, shows his leadership chops. I love that final scene where he sends the ensign to talk to Boimler. Yes. It's just what a great it's, scene. Yeah, it's it's great leadership building. You know, it's great character building for Boimler and Ransom recognizing that Boimler needs that is really solid. Yeah, I got to say, even though, you know, R- Ransom has really improved. I, we talked in one of the earlier episodes, but my opinion of Ransom has really improved a lot. He's not just a kind of a dumb meathead. He has that scene, like you said, where he sends the, I think it's a cadet over to Boimler and exercises a lot of good judgment and character. So can't say no to ransom but i mean he did try to eat the ship so he's not flawed <laughs> that's true he has a uh, minor godhood problem that is, that is a bit of an issue uh but speaking of characters you know shax is back obviously he's been back since some of the early episodes and kayshawn the new security chief you know built up heavily before season two and is even introduced when he you know steps out of the turbo lift and kayshawn has eyes open i think it's episode two of this season as the new security head, all of that build up, and he just is relegated to the kind of occasional guest character. So I know everybody kind of Shax was kind of like the 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 kind of sleeper hit character. Like everyone really loved him at the end of season one, especially when he sacrifices himself. Kayshawn very very noticeably gets relegated. So I'm curious to your opinion, but I'm kind of glad about that just because the metaphor jokes i feel like could have gotten old really quickly so i'm kind of happy it happened plus Shax is awesome but how'd you feel about that oh god Kayshawn is terrible <laughs> i'm glad he's been relegated to c status on the crew wow um no but i mean i think that was all just a big gag i think it was just a setup for a gag and it was a meta gag that they were talking about it going into it and when it finally happens it's a brief thing and yeah, Keishon's still around, but he's not the new major crew member that we were expecting. <laughs> it's it's nice to get a little line in every once in a while. But you know, there there's that episode where Keishon and um, Ransom just completely lose the pack-led spy on board the Cerritos. And I found myself just yelling at the TV, Keishon, get it together! <laughs> Shax leaves the ship for one second, and he just immediately loses the pack-led spy. Very sad. Get together, Keishon. But I guess he's not security chief, so it doesn't matter. Indeed. Which is probably why he's not security chief. Yeah, good point. Good point. Let's talk more about Boimler. Like I said, he is the character that has the most growth this season, I would argue. You know, he's he comes back after being demoted from the Titan, which is this whole thing that I am still mad about. <laughs> uh, maybe because I've had a lot of mango habanero whiskey, but that's beside the point. He supposedly earns this promotion to Lieutenant Junior Grade, and then because he he gets transported duplicated and there's not enough seats on the Titan for him, not only has to take his old job, but he also gets his promotion rescinded. I do not like that at all. Uh, He totally shows his chops at his job for the entire rest of the season. Um, He's definitely shown to be more competent in this season. 
Um, how do you how do you feel about this whole shenanigans involving Boimler? I mean, it's a comedy show. They had to return to the status quo to a certain extent. So, <laughs> oh well, that's true. I just you got to feel bad for the guy. I mean, the guy, he earned that promotion. I mean, he's back with his friends and he you know with the ship that he loves. But you got to feel bad about the brand of demotion. Uh, he's a cartoon character. I, I don't have to feel bad about him at all. <laughs> how dare you? But uh, but what about the whole unresolved story with his clone aboard the Titan? I thought they were going to go somewhere with that. Yeah. And you know what? He just kind of gets completely uh, put on a bus. Yeah. So hopefully there's there's always season three. Yeah, I definitely thought they were going to go back to the Titan plot and do something with Transporter Duplicate Boimler, William Boimler. Uh, and they do bring back the Packleds, but, you know, I don't know. It just seemed like such a, a no-brainer to bring back the Titan and Duplicate Boimler, but they just didn't end up going in that direction. I hope they bring that back in season three. Yeah, well, they're not done with Packleds, so maybe they're not done with the Titan. That's true. Bring back Jonathan Brakes. <laughs> Anyway, so as far as the Cerritos goes, it's obvious that the Cerritos was updated for season two. And I know we're going to do a future episode where we're going to go into a lot of detail about what exactly is new and all the different locations and stuff introduced in the Cerritos. But do you have any general thoughts? I know they they updated the intro credits with the new Cerritos model, which looks very pretty. But what do you think? Well, I mean, we've already talked about just how much better all around the visuals look this season than in the previous one. That's true. Uh, it was a huge upgrade. Just overall, the the design looks fantastic. All the new stuff, they've introduced tons of new ships, uh, tons of new details in this season, and it all looks it all looks fantastic. Yeah, they definitely like just did a whole new model. It wasn't just new detail, it was like a completely new 3D model for the Cerritos. It's definitely interesting to see they're spending that kind of resources on fixing these small problems. I've heard some interviews with, with Mike McMahon where they're, you know, people are getting confused on, you know, how many decks there are and things like that. It's cool to see them uh, get in there and fix those things up so can't argue about that but i think we will do some more in-depth look at these cerritos in a future off-season episode so we'll have to stay tuned for that back to characters we had a discussion in the season one retrospective are the relationship wars between Rutherlips and tenderford and i know we talked a bit about it in our last episode but i think tenderford's coming out on top here yeah, their their uh, their relationship is uh, getting a little less uh, wholesome. <laughs> and you know, it's hard to ship Billups when he can't have any sexy time. His only love is the warp core. So well, I mean, hard hard to ship him. That's that's a uh, episodic writer's dream. You know, you always get that will they, won't they, <laughs> and you have a very clear thing in the way. <laughs> that is a that is true, and I I love the extent to which they talk about Billups's sexuality in this season. I never thought we would get this uh, level of detail. Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know rutherford he's got he's got a friend in in Tendi, at least i'm not really sure if they're gonna actually show them getting into a, a romantic relationship at all to be honest because i don't know it's i guess it, it suits the will they won't they type thing but it's obvious fan fiction material someone out there has written fan fiction about this yeah don't go looking for it <laughs> definitely not do not go looking for any any slash please please don't do it what else oh yeah Let's talk about all the people that have done cameos in season two. Let's see. I've got a short list, and you can talk about what your favorites have been. Obviously, we talked about Riker coming back, Jonathan Frakes. Yeah, and of course, uh, Rubber Duck McNeil. Yes, good pick. Although, I'm not sure if I wish that he was in the episode more. He has kind of like a brief kind of bit part. I actually wanted him in the episode less why is that i wanted his only scenes to be as <laughs> <On the> hallucinating plate, <laughs> plate 
Paris. And, like, just the whole episode talking about how he's on the ship and Boimler is trying to, like, meet up with him to get his plate signed. That, <laughs> that's what I hoped for. That would have been amazing. Just voice the plate and, like, Paris is on the ship, but he just never speaks. It's all just the plate. Yep. That would have been amazing. Um, let's see. Uh, Jeffrey Combs, obviously, is Jeffrey uh, Combs. Yes. Uh, Star Trek royalty right there. Hopefully they bring him back again. He's uh, just such a fantastic actor. Yeah. He's very, he's so versatile. It's crazy. He's very animated. He really brings his characters to life. Yeah, even the voice work. Like I assume he's done other voice work, but I've never heard it until this episode. He's always been on screen in some way or another. But like his A game, even even just for voice work stuff, quite good. Yep. Uh, let's see who else. Oh yeah, of course. Um, we have Lysha Naff as Captain Gomez uh, from that TNG episode. Um, I think it's Samaritan Snare peak performance. More fuel to the fire that uh, the captain and uh, Beckett were stationed on board TNG in yes. Mariner's youth. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, we'll have to talk more about conspiracy theories <laughs> when we're talking about what we <laughs> hope to be revealed in season three. You know, as far as like small appearances by other um, famous actors, uh, there are a bunch of them. Uh, one of my favorites, though, is Randall Park. He's the Apergozian leader from the Strange Energies episode. Um, and if you don't know who Randall Park is, he's uh, been in the Marvel franchise and Fresh Off the Boat, a sitcom that he's been on. He was, you know, what are, what are the fun names to be in there? His, his name kind of popped up in the ending credits. I'm like, oh yeah, Randall Park, of course. But a, a lot of random cameos. Do you, do you have a clear favorite? Is it Jeffrey Combs? Uh, you know what? You uh, skipped over uh, Alice Oh, Screech, yes, of uh, course. Who was the Boar Queen. You know, I don't like that character, but she plays it so well, it's kind of hard to <laughs> dislike her. She just brings such a, like a subtle yes. menace to the way she portrays it and even just her tone of voice is mm. fantastic but you know what i think i'm just gonna have to go with uh, jeffrey combs uh it's hard not to love <laughs> jeffrey combs i might have to agree with you there i love the fact that they brought the gomez character back but i think i mean as far as the performance goes it's hard to argue against the agamus like with this ship i will create an army of death drones you know he's just <laughs> such gravitas hard to, hard yeah, to argue he's against so that, entertaining yeah. There, there are a bunch of other like little bit parts by other famous actors, but hard to argue against the Jeffrey Combs character. Yeah, indeed. Another interesting thing about this season is we're getting a series of animated series callbacks. It's crazy. So, so many. many of them. I, they're just going to run out of animated <laughs> series callbacks. There's only like two seasons know, right? to call back to. I'm just cramming them in here. You're going to have to meet the devil next episode, though. That's going to... That's... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a terrible animated series episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the callbacks that we have seen, though, we've seen the Kazinti, which we've talked about on board the Cerritos, the Aurelians, the uh, bird people. We saw. Uh, we saw the skeleton of Spock too. There might even be some more out there, but these are the big ones. Yeah. So obviously, uh, Shari Yen Yeb was uh, an animated series callback. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The bouncers. Uh, from God, what was the name of that episode? Uh, the bouncers at the Starfleet the party, yeah, and embarrassment yeah. of duplers. Uh, they are from the animated series. Uh, the episode, the Jihad. God, I'm betting there's more too. I just only today realized that there was a reference to the animated series in the first season when mm. they are on the planet looking for the Klingon, right. and they go into the bar, and the Andorians are beating up an old man, right? And it turns out that old man is right. not really an old man; he's an alien 
that alien is from an animated series episode. Wow. Jeez. Yeah, like, there's just so many. It's funny, because the animated series, I mean, judging from my personal experience, it seems like that's the show that people have watched the least. But we're getting, like, all of these callbacks. I mean, I know you and I, like, we decided to just start re-watching the animated series show just so we could start getting these. And I I remember watching the animated series when I was a teenager. Wow. And... It's funny going back and rewatching it now, realizing how many episodes I hadn't seen. Right. Because it aired on like PBS at two in the morning. Oh, geez. So I only <laughs> saw it here and there. And there's a lot more episodes than I had ever seen. Yeah. And some of them are surprisingly good. Yeah. And, and some others of them are. are um, <laughs> Are not. Yes. Yeah. They're fueled by regret and bad decisions. <laughs> it's funny, though. The quality of the good ones are so good, though. So I'd say it's worth rewatching as long as your brain can just, like, tune out the really horrible stuff when it pops up. And they do have some really solid sci-fi stories that they would have never been able to do in live action back at that time. And I think they also got away with a lot more stuff because nobody was watching it as an adult show right so they could do stuff like put uhura in charge of the enterprise yes i would never fly in prime time at that time yeah you're totally right um i'm not sure if i could recommend rewatching the animated series because we're about maybe halfway through the first season in our rewatch right now maybe we can come up with a solid recommendation on whether or not the animated series is worth rewatching. just don't do it yeah. sober that's, that's a perfect recommendation there we go but if you're looking to catch some of these animated series callbacks that are popping up go back and give it a watch it's what's the worst that could happen you yeah, just i'd recommend yeah it. maybe if you're of legal age and you have some alcoholic beverages just have a drink and and enjoy the ride oh boy well let's move on to some of the best ofs of this season how about our favorite episode i mean it's it's got to be wedge douche i mean <laughs> yes uh just seeing the other lower decks the gags the character parallels they're 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 fantastic <laughs> it's it's hard not to enjoy that episode and the plot's really good it does however raise some questions like if the Pakleds were getting their stuff from the Klingons, the Veruvian bombs, why were they mining mm. yeah. Veruvia? Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, some questions there, but I, you know I have to agree. Wejjuj clearly the best. I was I was rewatching them in preparation for recording this episode, and I'm like, ooh, some of these other ones have pretty solid jokes and stuff in them. But it's hard it's hard to argue against uh, the the Wejjuj. Although I'm not sure if it's just the comedic effect of bouncing between the three crews. And seeing the cultural differences between the Klingons and the Vulcans and Starfleet, if that's what makes it so funny. Like, I'm not sure, like, a whole episode based on the Vulcan ship would be as funny as uh, Wage Dujas, just because it, like, cycles through all of them. But definitely some great jokes. Yeah, to give a perfect example of the kind of humor in that episode that really just was fantastic, uh... Boimler referencing, oh, the Klingons, they, they've been out in space for centuries. I bet their lower decks is on point. <laughs> and then it cuts to the Klingons and like they're <laughs> punching each other in the face. And, you know, they're having the exact same problems <laughs> that the lower deckers are having on the Cerritos. Yeah. Uh, and then you see them go off to work and they make the joke about, you know, oh, you know, why don't you go work on a Vulcan science vessel? That's where you belong with your logic. <laughs> and then it cuts to a Vulcan science <laughs> vessel. Oh. Right. <laughs> and, and the gags are, are good, you know, um, so just good. playing on the characters yeah. who don't quite fit in trope. Um, was pretty good too. Right. I do want to point out one thing. I, I, I love this episode on so many levels, but 
It also goes back to like how good the design and production is of the series, because we see the interior of mm. a Vulcan science vessel. And we had seen the interior of a Vulcan yes. vessel previously in an embarrassment of Duplers. And it's the same design aesthetic. I just right. I was very impressed by that. Yeah, they've got the, uh, I was going to say Obina class, but that's the name of their art director. His last name is Obina. He's got to be on point in uh, keeping the visual consistency up. It's yeah, a- definitely uh, not lying down on the job, that guy. Yeah, great, great work all, like, all around. Just the level of detail and the consistency, all great to see. Um, I love Wizjuge because it kind of reminds me of one of my favorite episodes of season one, Veritas. Um, it seems like a quintessential lower decks. Like if you want to pick some episodes that represent the show, I feel like Veritas is a good pick from season one and Wizjuge is a great one from season two. Uh, just great. If you want to know the feeling of the show and what the show is all about, then this is a great one to go to. Yeah, definitely. Excellent. Excellent episode. Uh, speaking though of the episodes, like this is an excellent episode, but it also does a thing that I really, they do a good job of, and that's they intertwine the multiple plots that are going on. You know, the A and B plots, a lot of times they're related. Uh, they'll have similar themes, but they do this thing now where the plots like overlap and you'll see things happening in the background and the foreground that uh, reference each other. And it's just it's a really good theme that they're they're going with and they do a really fantastic job of pulling that off yeah they're just another one of the hallmarks of the increased quality in season two i think it all lines up there um let's see i had some runners up for best episode um i I liked the embarrassment of duplers um, episode quite a bit the duplers themselves are funny but a little too goofy and silly to make a lasting uh, impression for me personally at least but that episode in general was pretty good spy humongous i enjoyed that just because it showed a lot of boimler character growth with the red shirts like group of command ensigns that are trying to help each other get promotions you know what, douchebags? F those guys. I hated them. Like, I was yelling at the screen. That's one of the episodes <laughs> in the season-long, uh, what I like to call the gen arc, mm. where she becomes less insufferable. Maybe next <laughs> yeah. season they'll do the same thing for Jet, and I will stop wanting to punch him in the face. <laughs> yeah, those two are some runners-up for best episodes. Yeah, my my uh, runner-up has got to be uh, I Excretus. Oh, yeah? Solid? I, I really like the ridiculousness. I think it's going to become a theme that every season they're going going to do a uh, holodeck episode they did it last Mm. season where they recreated the motion picture on the holodeck when mariner hijacked boimler's promotion program and in this episode it's the uh, (laughs) simulations really well put together they had some good character moments i thought it was pretty solid and it had a lot of just fantastic jokes from beginning to end a little dark, though. Totally. <laughs> when uh, Boimler gets assimilated, you mean? Yep. <laughs> that was pretty bad. Although, I think that also has the one thing from the series that, like, bothers me the most, too. Okay. Which is? It's when Boimler yells yoink. Oh, yeah. When he while me- throwing his face. He means yeet. I don't think he means yeet. So he said yoink. I don't think so. <laughs> he said yoink. It was, it was it's bad, and I... I, I <laughs> Just so bad. <laughs> yes, they they really need to do a special edition where yeah. they they change. I agree. That. He's that de- that is definitely a, a script mistake there. If he wants to if he wants to go with the Gen Z word, then he should have said yeet. I don't know, man. Yeah, it definitely needs to be fixed. The yoink bothers me when he throws a phaser. Maybe it's just Boimler. I mean, you have to just explain it away by Boimler not knowing what the hell he's talking about. Yeah, but like, there's there's tons of stuff like that that for whatever reason this season I'm just picking up on like little like weird yeah. details that are wrong. So like that bothers me in the. 
Mm-hmm. You were Pleasant Fountains Lie, another episode yeah. that I really enjoyed. So many good ones. Why do the towels on the Menevin, or how is it pronounced? Uh, the Manavi? Yeah, I, I'm not really sure how to pronounce it. But yeah. Why do they have deltas on? <laughs> Why do they have the Starfleet logo? That doesn't make any dang sense. That's just got to be uh, an art goof. It's the only explanation. Yeah, you know, well, we were just praising the art director, and now I need to up his game here, buddy. Get it together, Obina. Can't just name ships after you without yeah. putting deltas in the wrong places. <laughs> uh, speaking of jokes, though, do you have a clear favorite joke from this season? Oh boy. I have one. I'm, I'm wondering if we're, if we're going to pick the same ones here. What's your favorite? You know, um, oh, God, there's so many good ones. There's um, so many. I think it's going to be... <laughs> When Billups' mother comes on board, he says, Mother, if you're planning on tricking me into intercourse, I about die. <laughs> that is solid. So wow, dirty, that's your top one, though. So wrong. <laughs> oh, it, was, it was good. Oh, um, man. I don't know if it's the best joke of the season, but for whatever okay. reason, that one just really stuck with me. Yeah. Uh, there's lots of other good ones. What was your favorite joke? My favorite joke had to be the Borg lower decks over the end credits. Oh my god, yeah, just the pure (laughs) visual gag. It's funny, I've talked to several people about this show who originally weren't going to watch it, right? They're like, I don't want to see some stupid animated series. And they've they've turned around, they enjoyed it. Okay. And every one of them references that scene as just being (laughs) hilarious. God, you know, like I said, I was re-watching in preparation for the show, and it just bugs me so much on Paramount Plus how the autoplay kind of just nerfs the joke some, because it'll kind of minimize the screen while the joke is going on, and it's like, get ready for the next episode. I'm like, no, I need my Borg uh, Lower Decks joke, and I just pop up I just pop up the screen and I'm just like smile creeps across my face and I'm just watching the joke endure over the end credits. I just I so find good. it funny that one of the Borg has short sleeves. It's just hilarious <laughs> to me. Yeah, you still think that's uh that's like the Mariner equivalent there? Yeah, that's that's the uh Mariborg. <laughs> Borgener. Um Okay. Well do you have any other fun runner ups? I had there's so many. Uh there's the line in the first episode where Beckett Mariner is planning to apply concentrated force to <laughs> neutral zone, neutral zone. <laughs> um, so good uh, you know the oh man I, there's so many yeah the <laughs> Rutherford uh, <laughs> Rutherford's pottery <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> get out of here rage get out of here rage. he has no rage no he's so happy go lucky <laughs> that's like such a throwaway line and it's so fast but like on rewatch like i just couldn't stop laughing you know Shax is like take the rage and put it into the clay <laughs> get out of here rage it's very not rage filled at all that scene though from beginning to end is just funny i mean the implications are pretty bad yeah. but i love the oh yeah shacks didn't have time for pottery on bejor <laughs> fighting fascism yeah. is a full-time job oh yeah it's, it's hilarious it's so fast but so good so good you know and it killed me some of the jokes because they, they still do the hey you remember this thing joke yeah but they do a lot of jokes in this season like one that i i missed the first time through was when captain freeman is going to get promoted mariners worried that they're going to get a weirdo with a riding crop <laughs> which was the captain of the That's excelsior, excelsior captain, in star right? trek 3 right. i don't know why yeah. i never put That's that right. together because it's yeah. just such a weird thing <laughs> <laughs> Somebody in the '80s when they were filming Star Trek Three was like, "You know what would make this guy seem like a jackass? There's a writing crop." It's probably why they <laughs> kicked him off and gave Sulu his command. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see. Some of my runner-ups, um, of course, in Wage Douge, I think this is my number two joke. It was my number two, or it was my number one joke until I got to the end of the episode and remembered how awesome the Borg lower decks was. It was when the Klingons are like, Avoid death and cower! <laughs> Avoid death and cower. And he does the little uh, hand gesture thing. I was like, yes, it's so good. Yep. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, let's see. You've been boimed. It's pretty good. <laughs> yes. Uh, You've been boimed. Uh, the delivery yeah. of that line is fantastic. I could never, yeah. never do that. And the fact that Boimler is just being much more of a badass this season just makes it even better. Let's see. When Mariner is uh, getting kicked out of Freeman's office in the end of the first episode, where they're like working together sucks, and Freeman's like never disobey me again, <laughs> and Freeman's uh, and then Mariner's like I do what I want. Yeah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good yeah. that's uh that's my top the longer scene of jet and mariner uh having the face off in the shower that was pretty good it's pretty funny but like i did not like that scene uh, okay. at all i'm just not a jet fan jet ruined uh, insufferable yeah. and it and every time he's in the scene with mariner like they're because she's insufferable yeah. a lot too it's just two insufferable <laughs> people interacting and i'm just like these two just need somebody to be around to punch them in the face <laughs> and you know rutherford's not going to do it Tendy's not going to do it one more shot mariner this season so maybe he'll he'll work up the courage but uh, you know, poor Jet. He's he was gonna get accepted to the group, and then Boiler comes back and just yoinks it oh, from yeah. him. If that... the correct use of yoink. <laughs> yeah, that is a correct use of yoink. Congratulations. <laughs> or maybe uh, Mariner yeeted <laughs> Jet out of the group. That could be it. That could be uh, it. <laughs> yeah, I love the uh, Janeway gag oh, yes. in the Spy yeah, Humongous too. God, so many good ones. <laughs> I discovered the secret. She's not Janeway. <laughs> then like five uh, seconds later. And then they immediately call yeah. her Janeway. Uh. Good old Packlets. Um, there's just there's there's good stuff in every episode. Plate Paris, like that whole gag was yes, fantastic. All good. I mean, you know, you know, we're talking about this before about the show is like pushing envelopes. So they do they do do some like sex jokes in this season, and I've seen a lot of a lot more explicit and a lot more innuendo. They're definitely pushing boundaries, like seeing how far they can take it. Totally, totally. and. You know, we t- we talk about that in the the sexual references and everything. Yeah. Um. But I think they're also pushing boundaries in like story structure too. Yeah. Completely. I think just yeah. all around they're trying things uh, a little bit more and seeing how far they can push it and what they can get away with. But you know, it's nothing that's turned me off so far. So interesting. Yeah. Like I I personally thought the two biggest ones um, that have come out so far is the Mugato like doing the horn jerk off thing. Yeah, that's a little creepy. And the Boimler during the naked time thing where like the yeah <laughs> sensor boxes over the bits i didn't mind them but i think my main problem with them is that it unnecessarily ages up the show like you can't have yeah i i wouldn't want kids watching that yeah it's just there's a lot of stuff in the show and a lot of innuendo especially in the billups episode yeah but it's it's, it's just that innuendo like kids aren't going to catch that but yeah i just yeah why do that and that may be a flaw in their thought process of their building a franchise where they have a bunch of different products geared towards a bunch of different audiences mm. and it's like you can have a product that has a wide audience yeah you know and it doesn't have to necessarily be watered down i mean yeah. think the stuff we watched when we were kids and then you go back and you watch it now and you're like oh i never caught on to <laughs> what they were saying yeah totally yeah i mean obviously you know prodigy is starting to air now and that's obviously the kids show so maybe you know mcmahon and the other writers are like we need to be the adult comedy show or something 
Yeah, which is fine, you know, but like, why again? Like, well, And it, it's possible too. It's like, hey, we're going to do this scene and it's a callback to these previous episodes. And it's possible they just kept taking it a little further and a little further and a little further. And yeah. eventually it's to a point that you and I are looking at it going, eh, maybe a bit too far, guys. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not saying that they're offensive. They're funny. But that also is the first scene where we see uh, Mariner may have an interest in Jen too. So yes, like, you're totally right. The scene is not just Boimler and jet uh is <laughs> showing off yeah uh presenting <laughs> not ne- not necessarily uh necessary except for it does show that mariner probably really isn't interested in boimler yeah uh, and it's not just a matter of you know doth protest too much right but it's also in that same scene that they they show that interest and <laughs> becomes a story arc throughout the season yeah all right well let's move on to what we think is going to happen to season three our hopes and dreams obviously we were talking about earlier about plot holes or plot questions at least that we've seen in season two so far like you're talking about you know why are they stealing veruvian ore from mining planets when the klingons are providing the weapons and that kind of thing uh what else what else are your questions or your hopes and dreams for season three the uh the whole boimler clone plot you know you're wondering is he set aside or is he been you know pushed out the airlock is he coming back or not right i think that would be a really good thing to revisit i think there's a lot of potential in that story and you know comedy to have two boimlers again totally you know also as mentioned the klingon pakled plot is definitely not going away um right i i really hope they come up with something hilarious for how the pakleds blew up their own planet because you know they did it themselves <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean they they killed that uh, the Klingon captain dude who was helped was providing them weapons. So yeah, they, either someone else is pulling the strings or they did it themselves. I really hope we see those characters from Wedge again. Yes, I was going to mention that Talin is yes. on a Starfleet ship. Will it be the Cerritos or will it be like the Titan? Maybe a lot of people online are saying Cerritos, but I don't know yeah, if it'd be that so. straightforward. No, I think she'll show up on another ship. There's lots of ships in Starfleet, so. Indeed. They, got, they got plenty of opportunities there. So yeah, I hope we see more of that. I really do hope they continue the uh, storylines. Tendi is getting uh, command training or you know general right. science training. So hopefully that yeah. will continue. I think that's going to have an opportunity for a lot of comedy as she gains more responsibility and potentially a promotion. Just how incredibly jealous that's going to make Boimler. And <laughs> it's going to turn Mariner's paranoia into overdrive. Yeah, I totally. think Rutherford will be just fine, but could be entertaining. Definitely. And of course, the big, you know, along with the Pac-Led uh, plot, we have what's going on with Captain Freeman. And I'm going to double down, and we can theorycraft her a little bit, but I'm double downing. I don't think she's under arrest. I think, you know, she talks all throughout the, the episode about how Starfleet Command loves her and this and that uh, for handling the Pac-Led situation. I'm doubling down on that she's getting recruited by someone like, you know, Section 31 or Starfleet Intelligence or whatever to do, you know, top secret business with the Pac-Leds. I don't think she's actually in trouble for this Pac-Led planet. The problem with that theory is she said the same thing at the uh, after party for the captain's conference and was not able to get in. (laughs) That's true. I think she genuinely had no idea, but I think Starfleet knows that she didn't blow up Pakled Planet, and I think the plot's going to wind up being that Starfleet brings her in, arrests her, lets her in with what's going on. Hey, we're going to have a mock trial to get the Pakleds to reveal how all of this went down. Right. And, like, the whole trial will just be them talking about how smart and strong (laughs) Freeman is. And the Pakleds will be like, Captain Janeway not smart and strong? Pakled's smart and strong, and then they reveal the whole plot. Yeah. But, like, the B-plot is going to be all about Mariner screwing yeah. everything up, trying to oh, rescue God. her mom. 
Yeah, I can see here now. It's like Mariner has like gotten ransom and Shaq's in on like some harebrained rescue scheme and just completely jacking it all up. I think it would be even better if like Shaq's and Ransom like trust the Starfleet process. Okay. And so they won't get involved. So she's like recruiting. <laughs> it would be hilarious if that's like the reuniting of the Lower Decks crew. So she recruits the Klingon guy <laughs> and the Vulcan. And the Vulcan's like, my gut tells me that this is illogical or something. Yeah. That would, that would be a fantastic take on the uh, return of those crews. Yeah. Do you have any other theories about Captain Riker coming back? I know we talked a little bit about Transporter Duplicate, Boimler, you know, or any other guest star hypotheses. I'm still holding out hope for the return of Jellico and uh, Nechea. They are the two I want to see <laughs> yes. show up. Yeah. Oh, um, Nechev, yeah. The Nechev actress is, I think, still around, right? She... I, I I hope so. I saw her at a convention a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, I, those are the two characters I really want to see. I know everybody else is like, ah, bring in Jordy. Ah, bring in, you know. Uh, uh, too obvious. <laughs> too obvious. Bring in Picard. Bring in this guy. Bring in that guy. And I'm like, no. No. Bring in Jellicoe. We need more deep cuts, man. Yeah. Can't argue with these deep cuts. That's that's uh, McMahon's bread and butter. Have like somebody at Starfleet realize that it's a conflict of interest <laughs> to have uh, Admiral Freeman. <laughs> Supervising uh, Captain in Freeman. In command yeah. of, yeah, Captain <laughs> Freeman. They're like, we're going to shuffle you off to this uh, different Admiral. And it's Jellico, <laughs> and he's, you know, still kind of a hard yeah, ass. Be I love great. it. We can only hope. Well, man, yeah, I don't have any other uh, hypotheses. We've talked a little bit about what we want to see. Are we missing anything? Anything else you want to mention about... Uh... There is something missing. There is oh. a mystery that is interwoven throughout all of this series. Oh. And I've only just now become aware of. Okay. And that is the mystery of the eye patch. The eye patch. Why do eye patches keep showing up? We previously mentioned that Okano shows up at the uh after party for the captain's car right and he has an eye patch yeah why does he have an eye patch <laughs> he didn't have an eye patch in the original episode that's right what's going on here hmm. and then i realized he's not the only one in the pilot beckett mentions where she got her batleth do you remember where she got Ooh, it from where an old guy with oh, an eye patch that's right a little klingon man with an eye patch yeah yeah and we eventually meet a klingon though he's not that old with an eye patch hmm, that's right very next episode, I think, right? Yeah, and you know what? He's not the only one, though. In the background of the finale, I believe it is, we see the Lower Decks hallway. There's a bunch of random crew members in there. Mm -hmm. And one guy in the background has an eye patch. Wow. Why is there a Starfleet officer with an eye patch? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. They just keep popping up everywhere, man. It's crazy. Crazy. And I remember there's a scene, and I don't know what it is, but it's a brief cut, and lying on the ground, there is a doll, and it has an eye patch. And I remember thinking that was so weird, but until I saw the guy with the eye patch in the final episode, and it all started coming together, <laughs> that there's some bigger mystery here. So I had to go back and find the doll with the eye Can't find it oh. anywhere. I don't know what episode it's in. <laughs> I need help. So for any of our seven viewers and my mom, if you can tell me what scene that is from, I am dying to a know. A stuffed animal with an eye patch. And you know what? Yeah. Hey, 14 bots that play our episode, <laughs> if you can tell us either, I'd appreciate it. <clears throat> wow, it's a conspiracy. You know, even arguably, I mean, Rutherford has got, there's an eyeball, a mechanical eyeball there, but he is also missing an eye to an extent, so. Oh, if, if we're going with the mechanics, too, I mean, you got all the Borg we've seen. Yeah. You got the Shax, uh, party thrower. Shax is, uh, has got a... Shax has a wounded eye, yeah. eye uh, but he doesn't have an eye patch. That's true. The That's alien true. party thrower 
thrower from uh, what was that? Veritas. Mm-hmm. Yes, he has. He an eye patch. had a mechanical uh, attachment over yeah, his eye. Right. It's weird. What's going on here, guys? <laughs> uh, it's a mystery. Wow. Oh, we're gonna have to keep a tally. I think that's what I want from season three. <laughs> I want an answer to the eye patch <laughs> deal. What is going on uh, here? We need to bring this up to Mike McMahon's stat. Like, what's going on with this eye patch situation? <laughs> You're right. There is a too many to be just a coincidence or like a character design anomaly. What's going on? <laughs> it's a mystery. But I guess we're just going to have to let that uh, mystery simmer. I can't. It haunts my <laughs> dreams. But anyway, I think our I think our job here is done. We've talked about uh, our recap of, of this season. Yeah, and uh, I'm, I'm about to pass out. So uh should probably turn off the mic. And for those of you listening at home, You'll be able to catch us again sometime, somewhere, somehow. Or you can follow us and wait for updates on Twitter at Lower Dorks. And failing that, you can always put on an eye patch and hide in a crowd, and I'm sure we'll notice you. Wear those eye patches, people. Mm-hmm.